From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Corey White from Cybertar. Corey, it's so nice to have you on. Hey, how you doing, Brad? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great, absolutely. So excited to have you on. Maybe to kick us off, you can just tell me a bit about yourself and uh, your company, what you're doing. Yeah. I'm a 28-year cybersecurity veteran, so I've been around for a while. People are like, how'd you get started in cybersecurity? 28 years ago, back takes you back to about 1995. That's when the internet started. So I got out of college and jumped into the internet, and I started building up the internet connections for companies, get them connected to the internet. Next thing I say, oh, you need a firewall, and then you need a VPN, you need IDS. And then next thing I know, I'm the, I'm the security guy. So that's how it evolved. And, and so I've seen everything over the last 28 years as far as it done incident response, penetration testing, security assessments, led global teams, you name it. So got a pretty interesting background that I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing with the, the podcast here. I love that. That's awesome. So tell me about your company, what you guys do, and the customers you serve, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I guess one of those crazy people that I, I see a big problem and I just got to solve it. So when I say big problem, uh, you look up the stats, 99% of all businesses are small to medium-sized businesses. Okay. And again, I've looked at, worked at a lot of large companies and cybersecurity companies, and we don't target small to medium-sized businesses. So it sounds crazy. They're not targeting the 99% of businesses out there. Everybody's out there, Fortune 500, Fortune 1000, et cetera, et cetera, because it ends up not being worth the large company's time to go and sell to a small to medium-sized business, which I get, right? But here's the other nuance. Guess who the hackers are targeting? The hackers are targeting the small to medium-sized businesses because they don't have cybersecurity. They don't have the products. They don't have CISOs. They don't have a security team. So they're like literally are sitting ducks. And what yeah. the other thing that has changed that people don't realize nowadays is that it used to be they were hacking into these companies for credit card data or PII. Hacks today are really simple. If I can trick you to transferring money into my accounts, whether it be ransomware, business email compromise, or whatever it is, and you have no security in place and no security expertise, no security training, nothing, you are a sitting duck. Then you sprinkle on the top that there's all this information about you and just using you, for example, Brad, all this information about you out there, Brad, where you work, your family, what, what sports teams you like. I've got a lot of information to do a really targeted spear phishing attack against you and trick you or your family members or your colleagues into sending me money. That's what hacks look like today. Savitar is the crazy company out there to solve this problem, which is crazy enough. It's not that hard to solve. You can Google the stats. Gartner came back, came out with the stat back in uh, July. 98% of all cyber attacks, they are preventable, right? Meaning there was something you could have put in place, whether it be education, multi-factor authentication, vulnerability management, whatever it is, to prevent the attack. You just did not have those in place. So Savitar does. Those are the big problems we're out there solving. Yeah, it's a huge problem. I was out to lunch with another entrepreneur this weekend, actually, and he gets an email and it's one of his team members and someone's pretending to be him and yeah. ask him to send money and all this stuff. And I know I've gotten those too. It's crazy how widespread cybersecurity issues are with every business today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. super easy attacks to do. And sure. again, you just need them to work and, and a large percent of the percentage of them work. And the other piece, which I, I just heard this weekend, you know, this guy reconfirmed, but I know people that their personal social media accounts are being hacked. And then mm. 
they're being asked, their friends are being asked, hey, send me money. And then someone oh. sends money. So this yeah. is even side of the, the corporations is happening just in general. So this particular attack vector is the number one attack vector out there, period. Yeah, it's crazy stuff. I think we've seen some people pretend to work for other companies on LinkedIn and then reach out to us as a representative of that company and all sorts of yes. crazy stuff going on. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so how did you start this company? Tell me about those early days, like step one to step two to finding the first customer and building the product and all that. How did that go? Yeah, I think I know there's a lot of books written about this, but when you're starting a company, the pivots are real, right? Because <laughs> you're out there discovering and feeling your way. And I think you you see these charts where you're like you're, the arrow's going up and to the right, and then you see the other one, the reality, where it's a squiggly line of you getting there. You have to have the mindset, regardless of what's going to happen, I'm going to figure this out. You have to have a North Star of we're going to solve this big problem. When you think about um, scaling a business or even getting investment, right? You got to know that the, the total addressable market, the problem is big enough that you're going to go out there and solve it. And and so for, for me, I was solving this problem while working for other companies, right? I've led global incident response teams. I've read, led penetration testing teams. And on top of that, I've led security assessment and all that. I've seen these implementations where, you know, literally the business owner would come back and, hey, Corey, you've done our security assessments and our penetration tests. You've installed the, the latest products for us. And you've also come back and you've done the incident response. I'm not a security person, but we spent a lot of money on security stuff. Why did we still get hacked? And the hack is the most expensive of them all. So should I not have done all these things? And it, it, so when you really look at the, the what the model looks like out there, the cybersecurity industry is absolutely broken, right? There's no other industry where you spend a ton of money for people to tell you what to do, but there's almost no company to come in and actually do it for you. And is really good and proficient in, at doing it. Like it's upside down. You like, you would want people solving the problem versus people telling you have a problem. Okay. And, and that's how the industry is broken. So like here at, at Savitar, we focus on solving the, the problem and preventing the incidents from happening. And last year alone, I have stats every single year, every single month across my business, across all of our customers. We prevented 853 ransomware attacks. Okay. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So just imagine if each one of those ransoms were $100,000 or $50,000. Those did not execute across our customer base. Zero executed. And so that's the level of prevention that we need. Small and medium-sized businesses cannot afford to detect and respond and monitor. You will get hacked if that is your strategy as an SMB. Absolutely. So what were those pivot points as, as you're feeling your way out the market, the product, selling it? Were there any like major lessons learned of, oh, we originally went down this road, but we found this was a better strategy or any of those pivot points that you can highlight and that would be useful to know for other entrepreneurs out there listening? Oh yeah, absolutely. There, there's some major ones. And I, as I, I was uh, with a bunch of founders last week when I was traveling and it was funny syncing up with some that I, I knew already and we had the same pivot. 
when you think about the economic downturn that, that's happened in the last year and a half to two, it's forced a lot of companies to pivot. And if you're a startup founder, if you're an entrepreneur and you aren't good at pivoting, or if you didn't have a good product or you didn't address a, a bigger total addressable market, you're going to be in a bit of a precarious situation because for, for us, we had a, a big time. We have lots of customers at this point and we're solving a problem for them. So we were able to pivot and say, all right, we're not going after venture capital investment. Okay. Yeah, it's a waste of time right now. Whereas two years ago, yes, you could go out and get money and keep on growing. Money was essentially free. That's not the case today. So now dating myself a little bit. Now we're going back to the 80s where you do crazy things like build a profitable business that actually has value. So that's where we are. That's like a major pivot is, all right, I don't talk to venture capitalists. I, I don't have time for them. And we'll keep them updated. We'll send email updates here and there. But at the end of the day, you could talk to them. Most of them are just kicking tires right now. They aren't investing. And even if they did invest, your numbers, you, you might be upside down a bit, right? Unless you're already profitable and growing. Because they're going to ask, are you growing? Are you profitable? That's what they're asking. But if you spend all your time talking to VCs, no, you're not going to be growing and profitable, right? And circling back with this founder that I hadn't seen in about three or four months, and he was like, no time with VCs. I'm just building an amazing product and solving this problem. And that's exactly where Savitar is. The problem is big enough. Everybody knows how big the problem is. But we're solving it and focus on that and then making sure our customers are taken care of. And that's yeah. just a great journey. Absolutely. Yeah. It's crazy to me that in the past years, companies have raised a lot of money, billion dollar valuations before they're even profitable or making any money and yeah. even go public and they haven't made any money yet. So it's been crazy times and it's, that's getting right-sized now. Uh -huh. Absolutely. You have a pretty strong online presence. You have a lot of followers on LinkedIn. You're posting about stuff. You're, I think, interviewed in different places and all this. How has that come about? How have you decided to have an online presence and brand and do LinkedIn and all that stuff? I feel like branding is important, right? I, I want um, our, our customers and also the public to, to, to know who we are because brand recognition is important. If they're going to choose your company, then they it's interesting as the stat, and I'm sure it's dated now, but um, I think it was like you know, 59, 60% of all buying decisions are made before they even talk to you. So if they look online and they can't figure out who you are or what you're doing, then it's going to be hard to make that buying decision. So I want to make sure that the things that we do, the value we bring forward is pretty well documented all the way down to us having a freemium offering. Like you, this is a new world where used to be you charge for everything and, and now you give it away. Like we don't charge for security assessments. We, we do the whole assessment gap analysis for free in our platform. We don't charge for external scans. My point is, why would you charge to tell something and tell, tell somebody that, that there, something is wrong when it's obvious? I'm not going to charge for that. Let's charge to actually fix it and maintain a fixed and, and secure state. Let's charge for that, right? Because that's actual value. As opposed to, this is my, think about it, you take your car to the mechanic, right? You know you need a tune-up and a brake job or whatever. He doesn't fix your car. He just gives it back to you with a detailed list of what's wrong with it and detailed descriptions of how to fix it yourself. That is a security assessment, okay? And it charges then, you for it. 
Yeah, and charges you for it. Yeah, and charges you ten thousand dollars for it. Thank yeah. you. Do that, but we do that every single day in cybersecurity. We don't fix anything, but we charge a lot of money to fix. So we had to flip it upside down here, Savitar. We'll tell you what's wrong for free, but we charge to fix it and maintain it. Absolutely, I love that. What's one thing you wish you would have known when you first became a CEO that you know now? <laughs> I wish I knew the economy was going to change the way it did. I would have done a lot of things differently in the business. But at the same time, I got to learn so much as a result of it. I literally had to deep dive so much that I, I normally wouldn't have to learn if the econ economy didn't crash. And it's a gift. In it. Absolutely. And if you could go back in time and give your younger self a piece of advice, what would that be? I would not go back in time and give myself any advice. I like where I am today. Um, I like the lessons I had to learn to get to where I am today. So if I circumvented it, then I wouldn't be where I am today and I'm comfortable. Absolutely. Was there ever a time where you had to make a major pivot in the business and how did you approach that and what happened? Yeah, we're pivoting literally every single quarter for me in my head, I have to slow down the pivots or new solutions that I add. But again, the biggest pivot was really um, focusing on just growing a profitable business and taking care of our existing customers, which again, which makes sense and definitely is intuitive. That's what we should have been doing anyway. Absolutely. And uh, any advice you have for all the other entrepreneurs out there listening today, any closing remarks as we end the episode? I have in front of me, in my office, a big sign that says, never give up. And if you have the right thing, that's a caveat. Some people don't have the right thing. Yeah, if you, what you're doing, not working, give up and do pivot and do something else. But if you have the right thing and you truly know that, don't give up. You keep fighting, you push through it, you get to the other side. I love it. Corey, on that note, Thanks so much for joining today and sharing all your wisdom and insights. Much appreciated. Thank you. Absolutely.